1: Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. And joining me today is Davina Heflin. Hello, Davina. Hello. Hey, everybody. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Davina Heflin, otherwise known as the coolest person I've ever met. (laughs) Davina Heflin is a TV literary agent with the Gersh Agency who helps young, diverse creatives achieve their dreams in the film industry. From script to screen, Davina works with her clients to bring their ideas to fruition and map out a strategy for their long-term careers. And I've met Davina, so I know this to be true. <laughs> that's the goal every day. <laughs> that's, that's what I was saying to Davina before we started, I was like, not only are you an agent, but you're an agent who seems really into writers and yes. into writing. So <laughs> it's my favorite thing. Yes, 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 yes. So let's start with you know, because you're a spring chicken, (laughs) let's talk uh, about um, your path from the mailroom to being an agent. How did all that come about?
0: Right. So I got introduced to the Gersh agency when I was doing my program at Chapman, Mm -hmm. uh, the master's program in screenwriting. And it was really important to me to have a job after I graduated. That's that's a good idea. So to do that, I said, let's focus on the business side as well as the creative side and learning the process of writing. So um, I got introduced to the Gersh agency and uh, I started interning with them while I was doing my program. Um, And I honestly, I learned a lot. And I realized that somebody coming into this industry knowing absolutely nothing (laughs) whatsoever, starting from ground zero, it was definitely a place to learn. So when I graduated, you know, <laughs> I got that job um, and I started in the mailroom. And I specifically had the mindset of don't rush it. Don't don't just hop on any desk. Don't just take any department, really hone in on whose business you want to be a part of and and follow that follow that feeling all the way through. So I ended up doing about three months in, and at the time I was actually switching departments from literary to film finance with Jay Cohen. Um, but at the time, an assistant fell sick, so they pulled me to cover Sean Barclay's desk um, while, that, while that assistant was out. Ended up being really sick. I covered the desk for about two weeks, and at the end of it, Sean said, hey, we're about to promote this kid, I need an assistant. We've been actually really getting along, doing business. Uh, Why don't you stay? And I took the shot. I said yes. Um, I said yes because uh, Sean gave me a specific thing that I didn't see too many other assistants being able to have. And that was he gave me free access to the content he was looking at. Um, All of the scripts that he was reading, I was reading. uh, And we were having conversations about it. What can we do with it? Where do you see it going? Um, and it really, I had that feeling back, right? That feeling of being in a workshop, being able to talk about all of these ideas and and how they're executed on the page, uh, that was supplemented to me. So I stayed on, um, at first I did not want to become an agent whatsoever. (laughs) I didn't want it. Uh, I I told him specifically, don't try to convert me. (laughs) I do not want this at all. I, I thought that. I thought that I, I wanted to be a writer or at least in development of some kind, uh, a little closer to the creative process. But then I got to see the the fruitful side of being an agent. And that is being able to get on the phone and call, an, call a client and say like, hey, we got an offer. <laughs> ah, We got it right we we got this all of this all of this time that we spent working on scripts, working on your pitch, developing you, like sending you out to meet different people, building your relationships. we got the offer that you have been waiting for, and I got to be a part of that. Um, I got to be a part of those calls and and feel that feeling too, so um, very slowly, I started as he started giving me more access, I went from just reading scripts and talking to him about it to being on notes calls and being able to talk to the writers about it um and and loving it and and going from like well this would be a cool idea to like well what if this happened and 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 like really stretch this out and explore this and in your process and and really build this character um to to actually being heard and feeling like I had a voice and in these projects that all of these clients were building I got to be a part of um and I realized while I was on his desk as as he got sick and tired of seeing my face every single day <laughs> then he asked like what are you doing like what, what's your plan what what are you what are you doing here you're not going to be an assistant so like go go do something else um I realized that that feeling of being able to call that client and being able to work with them day in and day out and being able to see and say that I love every step of that process um, was way more fruitful than me just pursuing my own development career.
1: Wait, it's, you, get to, you get to immerse yourself in 25 different stories Completely. instead of just one. Yes. Wow. It's my favorite thing to do.
0: I love story. I love being immersed in it, and it's weird to say because people don't see the agency side as being having a creative element, and it absolutely does. Like I'm, I'm fed creatively every single day, and I love it.
1: I, you know, I, I think that, you know, because agents make the deals, right? That and managers do a lot of development. Yeah. That, no, they don't think agents do that kind of development yeah. work. But you are. People, People are. tell me all the time I should be a manager. <laughs> and, um, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds, but
0: um, I I specifically chose to pursue being an agent because of that. Um, I think that I, I definitely again like I, I pursued the the kind of business side of things in tandem with the creative side, and I want that like to. To the creative, what the award is at the award show, mm-hmm. like getting the offer, is the the award for me at the end of of working with a client through the trenches of of the of the career. So, um, I, I want I want that feeling. I want to feel I want to feel a part
1: of every step of the process, and I want to be fully immersed in it. Both sides of your brain must work too. I mean, the the creative side of it, but also as an agent, you're actually making. Deals, right? Yeah. You're actually trying to find the best deal for your writer. Oh, yeah. And so then that side of the brain kicks in. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you always been somebody who could see the business side as well as the creative side at the same time? Yes. It just took me a really long time to find it. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> in a way, that's exciting, too. I mean, there's drama, there's also yeah. in the fact that you know how hard. the the writer worked, you can say, you know, this person spent this much time on this element of it, that's worth this, right? Yes, absolutely. I think that my business side comes
0: from not growing up rich <laughs> and, and having to hustle at a very young age um, I think that like I've, I've been selling stuff and like selling candy to kids growing up and selling my time and sitting down and tutoring and um, in undergrad I had five jobs I, I've, I've always been kind of a hustler um, and I think that that allows me to empathize with the creative because early on, let's be real, it's not a lot of money. Right. And I know the importance of needing money. Um, I grew up with that. And, and the mindset definitely sticks. It just took me a long time to realize, like, oh, I've, I've always kind of been in the business building type. Like, even when I was an undergrad, I had a company called I Write the Movement and Uh, like we, we tutored kids and we did all of that and, and kind of just building infrastructures that help the people, um, serve a purpose to the community, um, but then are creative in some way. And that's the infrastructure of Hollywood. That's what we do. But there's also a business side to it. And I
1: find that just as fascinating. I love that. I write the movement also sounds like the title of a movie. (laughs) 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 Is that, is that business still around? It is.
0: It is not. But it's weird to talk about it now because just a few weeks ago, it kind of popped in my head, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> just kind of randomly. Um, I think so. I think that it's always it's always needed. I yeah. think that extra help in um, teaching kids early the power of words, especially mm-hmm. the power of words on a page, uh, that that's important. Um, I think that. In society, even on a very, very big scale, we turn to some form of words or story um, to relate to us, to help us learn how to get by. Whether it is important books, scriptures, anything like old tales told and passed down by generations, some sort of story, uh, it gets us by. And I think that if we give kids that power, um, oh, they can change the world. We can we can we can shift the next generation in a good way. Wow, let's
1: yeah. bring this back. This is That's so definitely. cool.
0: This is so cool. And I think that we have the power. I, th- I think that like the industry has the power to do that um, in Hollywood. And I hope that it never gets forgotten that there's true power in what we're creating
1: every single day. So let's talk about the kind of stories that you're looking for as an agent. So you've got people submitting to you all the time. I'm I'm sure. Um, so what personally? What's your taste? What is your objective? What are you looking for right now? Um, The cliche answer, (laughs) as I'm
0: sure everybody gives, is that we just want a good story. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the agent is always grounded in understanding that nobody ever really knows what they want. Um, But... We're in a we we set ourselves up in a place to be open to any type of story. Just Mm -hmm. tell me that it's a good story. But some indicators that um, that I see that kind of tune me in on a good story character, character, character. Mm. Um, In writing, in the writing process, the, the character development is my absolute favorite part of the process. Being a like sometimes even before putting words on a page, just getting to know the character. I think that. I think this, if the character is real to the writer, then the character becomes real to the reader or the viewer. And if it's real to the reader or viewer, it can actually move them. And if it moves them, that's a successful story. Um, I think that like, practically, that's how I break it down. But just tell me a good story. Mm-hmm. Make it personal. Um, I work with writers on pitches a lot. And the first thing that I always say is, like, be sure somehow to weave in there. How is this personal to you? connect on a personal level with the person that you're talking to. Mm-hmm. Um and how they do that is that they learn about you. That's the cool thing. We all have amazing stories that 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 are that we're telling and weaving into these other stories that we're putting on display for everybody. Tell us how this story weaves back into you. Um that's important to me. I think that like I definitely lean in whenever a writer says I had this experience. I couldn't let it go. I needed to write about it, and here goes the final product. I think that like that is that is a an authentic truth that we're now discussing on the page, and I love that because
1: words again the words have an impact, but it impacts the writer the most and and you know what uh, so I teach pitching and I'm actually going to be in my first draft class. Reincorporating a pitch template that starts exactly like that, yeah. and in order to get people thinking about their stories and outlining them, and um, not only does it start with the inspiration, but then sometimes you also have to have your your writer be able to segue into their project so it doesn't yeah. get too mired in their own story. Yes, because this could be the inspiration, but it's not what the story is about. Yes, so like finding a so, then I thought, well, what if? right? That what if can get you to that fictional place so that you're now going from your own oh, yeah. experience to, you know, what if I hadn't made this choice, yeah. you know, or what if this thing had happened as a result? Um, so, so it's just a reminder, you know, it's, it, it is, you need to start personal and it's a great segue yes. for the fictional. Absolutely. Um, okay. So you're looking for great characters on the page. You're looking for how does it actually connect to the writer's personal story? Yes. Sometimes you can tell when it doesn't, right? Like oh, when somebody's yes. just writing something because and they they just they're just writing something to sell, right? Definitely. Um, I say it all the time.
0: Um, in in authenticity, the audience picks up on it so quickly, and I don't, I don't think, especially with media, I think that sometimes we 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 don't acknowledge that. Um, but it's something that's real. If you want. If you're after, like if you think that you can actually change the world with your writing, you think that like, hey, or with your creating, uh, filmmaking, directing, whatever it is, um, if you want it to be powerful on the screen, it has to be authentic down to the writing stage. Mm -hmm. the entire way through inauthenticity the audience picks up on it so quickly um, and then it spoils their experience as they watch it and I think that that's that's something important that the the every everybody from my end on the on the on the agent side to the managers the producers down to the writer and the person putting it in you have to be authentic with it Um, if you're just writing something to sell it because you think like oh this would be like this is in or like this is popular or I see that this is selling a lot now. Um, it's not going to, it's not going to work. It's, it, it's it's the, even from the reading experience, cause you read a lot. So mm-hmm. even from the reading experience, you're, there's a disconnect and you're wondering like what, what's the disconnect? What is it? Um, and then sometimes we'll, we'll meet the writer. And we're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. We got it here. We, we got to weave it in. But, I think that there there's a way to do it. I think that like there's there's the side of write what you know that's Mm -hmm. a little limiting Mm -hmm. because maybe you haven't experienced a lot, but it's not about the broad experience. I think that like if you have a male writer writing a female-driven story, right? Yes, female-driven stories are selling right now. They're in, right? Um, And no, we can't just exclude (laughs) male writers, right? Because what if that male writer had a very particular experience with his mother? Mm-hmm. Or with an important woman in his life, mm-hmm. uh, and it really changed his perspective. And he does have something real to say and something authentic to say. Um, then that's okay. <laughs> like again, bring that. That that's what we want. We want to connect with those types of stories. Um, but I think it's really just about doing a gut check. Don't don't write for the industry.
1: Don't right. don't oh, do that. Oh, they want women now. I'm just gonna put a woman in don't here. Don't do that. No. Y- you know. And and you know sometimes people, I find my writers and classes and stuff, do get a little confused or a little paranoid. And going back to that male writer who has a female uh, protagonist, if the inspiration is something, let's say it was an issue that really inspires that, that writer that he's been involved in before, right? And decided, you know what, I think there's a fictional story that could come out of this issue that I've been exploring uh, that I feel personally driven by, mm. um, and I am going to make it a female protagonist who is exploring that that story. While he's still connected, this is still something that is his story He just happens to have a female protagonist. It's different from a male writer who's going to write about a female protagonist who's experiencing sexism, because I have to say I think that's where the "stay in your lane" thing comes in. Definitely, really, (laughs) have you experienced sexism? Definitely, probably not. You know, maybe leave that for for a female writer who has exactly because there's
0: space for it Um, and it's on the same end if we even take it to a racial side Um, there's a stay in your lane level of like okay if you're going to be of one race um, and you're going to if you're going to show and have a story about another race and you're going to show them not in their authentic selves or in a true state and again like you're not going to do justice to the story take a step back young man (laughs) take a step back (laughs) Because there, are the, here goes the thing. We, we are past the time of there not being enough of one type of writer. Right, We're past right. that. We have all types of writers now in all areas. Um, and it's time that we celebrate them all and give them all voices. Um, that's the thing that, that's the shift, uh, the, the kind of the, the foundation of the shift that we're viewing right now in Hollywood is that um, we're past the point of this 1% deciding everything. How do,
1: how do projects come to you? How do they end up on your desk? Always. Um,
0: <laughs> at first, early on, it was all through the industry. It was through my connection with Sean because I came up on his desk um, as I promoted and, and started signing clients and doing all of that. Um, and then it was just personal relationships. Uh, the people that I started with and that I began with, we all kind of moved up together. So as we're, we're talking and all of us are getting more access to the industry, we're passing along material, ideas, writers, directors, the whole thing. Um, and then it's my own living um, that I think that that's, this is the part where I as an agent empathize with the creative process of the writer because um, there's a saying, don't forget to live. don't like there's a there's a part of there's a part of living that goes into writing and you can't forget that um again everything has to come from an authentic voice so you got to live right and if it's good if it's bad you have to allow yourself to go through that and then you can sit down and collect that experience and what it means to you and write it out but don't forget like put the phone down right live live a little um and in living a little, I get to meet a lot of people um i get to I get to meet random creatives that I never thought that I used to meet um, through you know clients from that are friends of my girlfriend and and then next thing you know we're just sharing ideas and jobs are happening and and it's amazing um so that's a part of it too um, is just living being on a plane seeing somebody with a script hey what you working on <laughs> what are you doing where are you going
1: <laughs> what's your name and when you when you are reading, um, as a lit agent, you are reading for various purposes. Yes. It's not always about the big sale of the TV show as no. a TV literary agent. Can right. you tell everybody the kinds of things that you are reading for? What, what kind of jobs you're, you're, you would be placing your clients in? Definitely. So there's the development side of things. And that's like kind of where we've
0: been geared on our conversations of writing that important thing to you um, that you want to see made. Um that would be your development side, but then there's the more structured kind of staffing side and the, in that sense you're I see it as you're building you're building a portfolio that gives you access to the very shows that are in the marketplace that you would have a run for. so if you're like a diverse writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, diverse, and you can write drama, comedy, horror, d- crime, um, sitcoms, multicam, single cam. Like you, you find yourself very multifaceted, and you c- kind of want to move around the board as far as staffing goes. You want to build up samples that represent the various types of marketplaces you can enter into. Um, And then that's going to be your calling card, your staple, your your staple, uh, (laughs) your staple, (laughs) your staple as far as um, what your voice is going to be whenever you prove this is how I can add value to the room and the development of that show. Um, and for that, I mean, it's still a personal process because it's not like we're writing, um, you know, specs off of existing shows anymore. We still want it to be personal and to be a cool story. And the two lines do blur a little bit. But um, but yeah, there, there are definitely different purposes for everything. And then the other side of that is to have more ideas because the question always comes. "Well, What else you got? Right. Um, and you got to have other ideas. Log lines. Are you uh, what else? There's so much to do in the industry. Podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> like what, what what all are you kind of developing and working on and working in just to showcase who you are as a creative um and and in the staffing side of that they're really looking at who you are creatively is in the words on your pa- on the page. Um, who you are as a person, um, your your vibe, right? Now, whenever you sit down with these showrunners, can can we get along? Mm-hmm. Um, can we carry on a discussion and development as we develop this story? Um, it all serves a purpose for that. So I think that staffing writing is a little more technical, kind of, Uh, especially if you go into it knowing what it's going to be, that this is an example of what I could do on these types of shows, Um, then then yeah that's a little more strategic again you want to keep your authentic voice as in you want it to be a true experience of yourself that you're exploring and and experiencing um, but you're doing it with a purpose now and you're doing it with with something to prove and something to say so so that is going to be a little more of where's your research coming in uh, what are you watching again if, if it's a staple for these types of shows have you watched every single type of this show so that you know what they're doing and then you can thus go and create something new um, or Or are you kind of just like, again, throwing words down saying, oh, this is an example of that. Let's just kind of move on from that. Um, So yeah, there are different types that we kind of look for.
1: Does anybody require um, specs of existing shows anymore? Is that completely dead? Is it all original material? I have n- I have never specifically been asked <laughs> uh-huh. for. <before>. It's completely good. <laughs> <new>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's, it's completely
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, You did mention oh you know other creative outlets right? You said mm-hmm. you said podcast. So fictional podcasts right now are something that people are looking at all of a sudden as far yeah, as definitely. like the new kind of storytellers out there. I cannot wait to get into plug. I'm, I cannot wait to get into
0: the podcast game. I think that um, podcasts are amazing. I love. It I love listening to podcasts. Yes, there's definitely a marketplace for it.
1: So you're looking for to to find storytelling voices, or is there a actually? I'm like, is there a way to make money off of a podcast? Oh, oh no. definitely, there has to be. <laughs> Absolutely,
0: in this in this day and age, <laughs> there's one thing an agent knows is how to make money. Cool. <laughs> yes, Excellent. Yes, so you guys is. are
1: thinking about that maybe as a whole other kind of platform? Oh, definitely. There are already um,
0: uh, production companies and studios that look at. And and podcasts, I guess, what we'll label eventually podcast houses that Mm -hmm. are looking for fictionalized uh, stories and things to explore. Um, Absolutely. It's growing and it's it's interesting because the world of podcasts is something that... I guess wasn't around generations ago, but mm-hmm. it's around now, and it's still growing and developing into even more. So, what started as something that was just audio, now podcasts are doing live tours and and they're going out, they're being in front of audiences, and they're doing all of this. They're getting um, adapted into TV shows and and uh, you know reality shows and everything. So, definitely, definitely a space for it. And if I
1: stuck around with this long enough, I'd get hip. Yeah, you know, eventually, like eventually. I'd like catch up to trends. Yeah, no, you're already hip. I'm hit. Who knew? Somebody called me an OG when it came to podcasting, oh. and the first time they called me that, I thought they meant old guy. Right? I didn't realize <laughs> it meant original gangster. I was like, oh, I am kind of old. No, I no. second that. You are an OG. I uh, thank you very for much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, what about like as far as well, I mean, you just mentioned, like, okay, so podcasts themselves are, you know, a new creative platform. So you must have to be keeping up with the hundreds of creative platforms that are constantly being thrown out there, right? It must be oh exhausting. It and, is. So you have to know, like, for every new kind of Amazon, for every Disney+, Plus, right? There are these, like, smaller platforms, mm-hmm. right? And then also you have to know, I would imagine, what's their audience, What do they think their sensibilities are now? Of course, they're going to change. Also, I would imagine on a financial level, they've all got different kinds of things they can afford, Yeah, right? I mean, there's Quibi, right? Is it Quibi? Yeah, Quibi. Yeah, I mean, there's like how do you do that how do you game. keep yeah. up with all this stuff
0: it's hard <laughs> it's hard and i hate it <laughs> slow down oversaturation of the industry is definitely possible it's slow down people um it's hard it definitely is but i mean it happens naturally like the the average young person growing up my age mm-hmm. like we're we're used to it we're we're connected at all times and um a lot of times the information just comes across in a tweet or, you know, an Instagram post. And then, you know, by way of the little FBI men in our phones, we see it on ads <laughs> and we're seeing it everywhere. Um, so it's definitely naturally in our process. And I think that that's a uh, that's something that I think is also new. Like we we as a unit, we're all connected a lot more. Um, and then. Because we're in an industry that requires us to be able to do it, it's kind of natural. It kind of, like, comes around and comes across uh, the conversations in the office that we're having and we're discussing and sending links around and you're looking at it. But um, I personally like to let it happen naturally. I'm, I'm all a fan of, like... I think that the second I start forcing information, especially somebody... I don't have a photographic memory. (laughs) I'm not just going to remember one random tweet that I saw about this new information. Um, But the second it becomes like that, where Mm -hmm. I'm kind of forcing myself in to memorize stuff, it doesn't feel like fun anymore for me. Mm. Like it, it's not the fun of business. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm back being a student trying to pass a test at the end of the day. Um, but I want it to be, I want to talk about Quibi because I'm excited about Quibi, you right. know? So things like that. I want to talk about Disney plus cause I'm excited about Disney plus, mm-hmm. you know? So, and, and that's what's happening to the audience. That's how they're learning. And I think that if, if I stick to that, that route, yeah, I may miss the one name that got promoted at the one place and I'm so, so sorry. Um, (laughs) I promise I'm going to read it as I go through my emails and it'll get in there. Um, But uh, what's exciting is to be on social media and, and hear about what everybody is excited about as it happens mm-hmm. and, and kind of how that elevates information rapidly. Uh, um, you know, black Twitter moves information like I have never seen before. And it is crazy. You could just watch them and catch the news and that's it. Um, <laughs> so that's, I think that that's a, uh, That's exciting to be a part of, to be able to participate in that. Um, It's making me want to get a Twitter, you know?
1: (laughs) So, you, you know, you are of a younger generation and, you know, uh, what is it that you think is ahead that people in the industry haven't foreseen or, or something with your generation that they're missing out on right now? Hmm. I don't know. It's kind of interesting because most of like
0: the popular stuff reaches up to the money making side very quickly. Mm-hmm. Trust me.
1: <laughs> so in a way, you're going like, look, we're generating the content that you guys yeah, are just like taking it's, on. It's, it's like everybody's got their eyes on it. Everybody's on watching. Uh-huh. Absolutely, everybody is watching. Um, I think that
0: on like a wide, wide, wide scale, mm-hmm. um, especially looking at the inner process and being a part of the inner process, I think that in the discussions of um, diversity in the industry. we ain't quite there yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that we still got a lot of growing and developing to do. Um, And I think that that's the one area that we're definitely getting there. Um, Most of our conversations now, as we're talking about projects that we're excited about or people that we're excited about, they're dealing with a female person or a diverse person. Um, And I think that that is beautiful. But I think that there's there's still a little lag um, in pushing the information through. And I, I would like to see that take another shift, um, Mm -hmm. into, I want to, I want to see, um, I want to see a zero percent, um, kickback or fight back as far as finding, um, a diverse or a female creative to fill the role. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't I want to get to a place where I'm not a part of any conversation where like, well, we we, we couldn't find anybody. So we, right. we just had to uh, hire Paul, you know, like I, I don't <laughs> I don't want that. I, I want zero percent of that. I want Paul to be hired because he's an exceptional writer and he meets the bar, not because he was the last option because you didn't fight fast enough or hard enough to find some diverse or some female writer. I want to see I don't want to see that problem or that issue anymore.
1: When people come to you, I, this is just a common question that writers ask is, how much product do I need? How How many scripts do I need before an agent is going to take me seriously? What would you like to see in a new client that you take on that they already have produced? I mean, written. Quality over quantity interesting always okay.
0: um, so yes yeah, so do so most of the writers that I meet now um, they all got more than one thing cooking in the pot and that's just by by default you know like that's absolutely yeah you sh- you should be working and even if your stuff isn't getting you know made or it's just a script you, that's your value you write write scripts keep on doing that but um, I do also know of prodigies that came in with one script and changed the game, (laughs) changed it. So at the same time, it's, it's, um, you know, uh, quality over quantity. If you come in with the best script I have ever read, that's all you need. <laughs> that's, because that's you all know we're they can need. do it again. They've exactly. Got you can generate. It's okay. Now, what I am going to do, just because, again, I got to think big picture, and, and that's my job, is I'm going to get you writing immediately. Once once I get that, that script, I'm going to take it, and, and I'm going to do my job with it. And while I'm doing that, you're going to start generating your next big thing. And you're going to be writing. You're going to be re- working on the next thing. And, and you're going to be going out doing other things. You're going to be meeting people and doing stuff like that. So... um the The process of of creating should never stop. That's that's. I think that's the important part. By default, you're going to be creating a portfolio of things and of sorts, and we'll be strategic as we build that. Um, but I think if you're if you're an early aspiring writer and you just you don't know, um, and, and you got ten scripts in the pot, but none of them are really kicking, um, then fo- get the one. Just focus on the one, and and if you get the one, we will help you build the many.
1: You know, there's there's some some people, and I keep trying to tell them it's not really the case. They think that agents sit there, and if you haven't hit certain structural markers, that they put it down. That is not true, but it seems particularly untrue <laughs> uh-huh. with you. I mean, how how tied uh-huh. in with that, those kind of rules are you?
0: that's interesting yeah i remember those horror stories from film school too
1: yeah (laughs) i didn't hit this at page 12 worth page 30 and that's why they didn't like it and that's Um, not why they didn't like it
0: so one of my favorite shows that i've been waiting and, and that i really enjoy now is Watchmen. i think that that is an amazing show and the thing that i find so interesting about it is that they really take a long time to set up the world
1: oh god yeah take a long
0: time episodes. episodes to actually like We're we're seeing, we're witnessing all this drama people dying and, and families getting split apart. Um, and we're not even fully set up in, in standing structured on the world yet. Um, and I love it. Um, and I also think that it has really good control of pacing too, in order to accomplish that they, they turn the pacing down one notch below kind of slow pacing that even, character study pacing that we see they're like one notch below that so the process is a little uncomfortable you know and i think that that's what intrigues me about it um that's not a standard script whatsoever that one's not meeting its its information and structural points and plot points at all
1: um but look at that show (laughs) it does you know what is interesting about it right is that each show, even while we're sitting there going, how is this all going to add up, right? Every show does accomplish a storyline. Yes, it. It. So it's not that. It's just like, oh, we'll cover that later. At least it's like it'll They're start. They're giving us right. Yes. Right. Like the the origin story that it just just did this week. You mm-hmm. know, um, it was like, oh, all right. So we're we're having the origins of it, but that's not just that. It's all going to tie back into. What choice he makes by the end? Yes, of this, it's always of this a story. Episode. Tell me a story. Beginning,
0: yeah. in, don't leave me hanging, <laughs>
1: right? Unless it's done on purpose
0: in an amazing way, then absolutely leave me hanging. But um, don't, don't, don't depreciate the value of your story just because you're just going to tell one part of it. That we need to, we need to know enough so that we can feel enough. Um, so, like structure points. Now, I, I don't, I, I've never met an agent that stopped and was like I don't I don't know this about a character by this page I'm done mm-hmm. um, I don't I've never met um I don't I don't think the wide span of agents know that much about structure because, and because no they're break just to they're just
1: audience members too yeah if, if it it wouldn't be I don't know this by page 12 it would be ah, I'm still What's bored like, right yeah like yeah. it
0: comes across like that yeah yeah um but Uh, I do have a little game that I play is that I count what page the first typo of the scripts.
1: Uh, are you a typo person?
0: I'm not a typo person, but I do have a game.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: that I just see, I, I don't hold it against the writer whatsoever, unless it is on the first page, especially if it is in the first paragraph, right. then, then we're going to talk about I've seen it
1: in the title. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then,
0: then we're going to talk about some things, but um, uh, that's a fun game that I, like, but I do not at all hold it against the, the writer whatsoever.
1: Um, I think by saying that you do hold it against the writer. No, no, no. I
0: don't know Tamina. It's a, it's a thing to, to note to say like, Hey, you you need to do. You need to do a run through of um, of your spelling, uh-huh. but that's it. Um, that that's that happens <laughs> all the time. <laughs> the best scripts in the world
1: have typos. So, have you ever left a script crying? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I have. Did you take that writer on? Um, I wish. I wish. I wish. I wish.
0: <laughs> so, um, oh, the name. The name just mistook me. Uh, so it is the horror movie that came out on Netflix that ended up going viral like immediately and it's the the bird, bird box is that oh god bird box it's so
1: good people if you haven't watched it please watch it yes yeah, so really good.
0: i read the script and i fell in love with that story mm-hmm. yes um, so i read it and i'd actually just started as an assistant and i went to um I uh, went to another agent at the agency and we were talking, he's also a horror buff and I was really big into, I'm always really big into horror and I'm talking to him and I'm like, yeah, but like I'm reading all of these horrible horror scripts. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> What's going on? Like, what does it take to get a good horror story? What is it? Um, and he handed me the script for Burbox and he said, read this, just read. He told me nothing about the story, nothing about the project, where it was. He just said, read it. And, by the end, so in the script, it got a little different um, in the final product, but in the script, they, the pacing really slows down, and she has this very beautiful moment with these kids at the end of it. And, oh, my goodness, it just it tugged at me, because the entire story, you're, you're, you're on this journey with a single mother who, like, to her... Success is the life of these kids. (laughs) Right. I can't imagine being a single mother and you're legitimately worried about surviving for your kids, with your kids, every step of the way, because that's the situation that you're in. Um, And the reality, knowing that there are mothers that have to do this every single day in different parts of the world. Um, So that was really heavy, too. And you just
1: felt it as it all came down to this point. Um, and her conflict, her emotional conflict is so right out there just in terms of the fact that she can't call them by their names. Yeah. So, so it, it says that in the, in the course of having to get these people from one place to another because you mean everything to me, yep. I have to emotionally divorce detach, myself. Right, exactly. And that is the kind of character complexity that we're talking about. Yes, if she was just like you're the most important thing in the world to me, oh right? Goodness. It would have it would have stuck. But the exactly. fact that she's constantly trying to fight she those emotions,
0: to. yeah, is she yes. has to. And I think that so I think that it relates because a lot of us uh, experience some form of detachment from a parent in some way. Not all of us come from happy homes. Some of us come from single homes. You know what I mean? And, and we deal with some form of detachment, um, but but it's allowing us to view this on kind of the other uh, the side. Like we see the pain of it because it's painful to hear a woman call her kids boy and girl. Right. There's, there, that's harsh. You know, that's, that's hard to kind of swallow. Um, but that contrast, right. And I, I say this a lot for my writers, like life writing is all about contrast. Um, that contrast allows us to enjoy that moment when she's finally able to say some names. Right, right, like she's finally able to name them.
1: And that and simple tell them choice, that is character development. So yes. you started by saying I want to see character development and some people will go like, "Oh yes, they have this terrible backstory, right?" We don't know anything <laughs> about her going in. No. We may learn things along the way because mm-hmm. they've been earned, but her character is developing forward mm-hmm. from detachment to or I should say from, from having to detach to trusting that she can attach yes. by the end with yes. every step of the story. So mm-hmm. the story creates character development, yes. and that new piece of character development motivates story. Yes. So that's what we mean by character
0: development. Yes, yes, 1,000%. Yes, that is how you move the story along, not through this has to happen, right? This right. thing has to happen. No, it's not about the thing that has to happen. It's about the character, what is she going through that adds perspective to her story, right? She's on this journey of struggling with the fact that she has to be detached from these kids. What are the experiences that are going to challenge her to attach? Yes. What does she got to do to do that? And and for her, she had to get him to a safe place and she had to, she had to accomplish the mission that was at hand to where she could finally give it to them and relax, um, but- It's not, you know, the story is not about uh, how she fights through the woods (laughs) to get to this haven at the end. That's not the story. Right. That's what happens. That's not the story. The story is about this emotional struggle a mother feels whenever she is forced to have to detach from her kids. Um, And that says a lot. Well, what about the mother who who has to who has to um, invite men over at night? and has to do some very questionable things with her kids in the next room. But she got to pay the bills, you know, like that's it's relating to that. And the experience per, exactly is not the same, but it's reaching into those homes and saying you are seen and you are heard. And I think that that's what that's what the people realized. That's why that movie hit so hard. Um, but that was a script that I, I bawling at the end of it. Uh, Balling at
1: the end of it. I am man. glad I asked you this question. Yeah. yeah, and people, it's also really scary. Yeah, <laughs> the, the premise. Sometimes alone. scary is a good thing. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so I'm going to uh, leave you with with uh, this last question, which is, um, what are you most? What deal did you make, or what writer do you have that you are most excited about right now? Mm. I'm I'm scared to answer that. No, I can't say that Uh,
0: because I, every single, every single writer, every single creative that I work with, um, they're all equally a hundred percent important. I think that the, the feeling when done right and when done authentically, um, to the representative, you know, the representative, um, it's like kids, right? Yeah. Oh, you don't yes. love your second kid just you know any more or less than your first kid. This is um, true. I'm, I'm, you know, my clients uh, are amazing people and they have amazing ideas that we are working through and we are developing and they're in various stages and I come home buzzed off of experience every single one of them. Whether it's a phone call that they're unaware of that happened or it's the email of saying yo we got a call back
1: yeah going
0: in uh you're gonna go sit down with them let's do this um they're they're all amazing so shout out shout out to everybody that <laughs> that that you know does me the blessing of, of allowing me to work with them because true masterminds are are developing and working in the industry and it's my goal to meet and touch every single one of them and and help help in some capacity a add gain you know gain that's it add value that's that's
1: all that I want to do um yeah, that's well, it. anybody who's represented by you is one lucky writer. I am so. <laughs> <laughs> um, Divina, um, so are you on Twitter?
0: I'm not on Twitter. I, I need to get a part of it because there, there's a movement going through Twitter that I'm way too late on. Um, but I am on Instagram. I am at written D. So it is written. Uh, so written, W r i t t e n d. Excellent. Excellent. Come and hang out <laughs> <Hit> the DM.
1: <laughs> um, I want to remind everybody to go to onthepage.tv. That first draft class that I told you about is going to be in person and online. So it's, uh, you know, in-person video conference. It's really the same thing. Um, yes, we are going to start with the pitch this year. That is how we're going to be brainstorming. So it is going to be a slightly different approach. Um, and we're going to be building out from that pitch and premise all the way into scripts. So so that by six weeks you are deep into script so I would love to see you there that sounds amazing it's thank you so fun. much for having me so Oh this thank is such an honor you you have you rock this has been wonderful <laughs> Thank
0: you this was a good discussion
1: and thanks to all of you for listening have a good writing week